The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and who believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose mother and father we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. It's so easy to feel ordinary, isn't it? No matter our great achievements in life, the tests that we passed with flying colors, the accolades that we didn't expect to get but we received nonetheless, the titles and the awards we've stacked up along the way, and even the lesser known but equally as great of achievements such as being there for your brother or your sister or lovingly navigating the ups and the downs of marriage or partnership, and of caring with vigilance for elderly parents whose lists of needs grow longer with each passing day. Even with all of these marvelous achievements in all of the various areas of our life, it is still so easy to feel ordinary. All it takes is one moment, one single moment of disconnect, one exacting moment of failure, one awful reminder that we seem to make more mistakes than we have successes. We hear our own voices speaking the words that we swore we would not say, and the split second they are out of our mouths, we wish we could rewind the tape, play it over again, and do it differently. In making a work presentation, we can't recall the material that we know that we have memorized by heart. 
And so we stumble and we feel ourselves to be exposed for the bumbling fools that we are. And looking through our long list of relationships, while some are coming along splendidly, we realize upon closer inspection and deeper honesty that others are on life support. And just one of these things, one of these moments can leave us feeling so ordinary, so incapable, so human, so worthless. And these moments can cut us then to the very core. Jesus today in our reading from John makes a pretty big claim. He says that he is the bread of life. The bread of life. And that all who come to him, they'll never be hungry again. And all who come to, them, come to him, they'll never be thirsty again. What a title, bread of life. I'm glad I don't have to live up to that one at the very least. And can you imagine no more hunger and no more thirsting for anything? Well, as grand as that title sounds, it sounded pretty grand to the folks from Jesus' hometown as well, didn't it? Because they begin to ridicule him for claiming that title almost immediately. After all, they know him. They know that he fell down and skinned his knee just like any other kid in town. They know that he's the son of a humble carpenter, Joseph, one of the simplest guys in town. They know that he did not grow up with wealth or with status or even with a formal education. They know that he is human, just like them, ordinary at the very best. And so once again, I find myself in the very shoes of those who surround Jesus, seeking to make sense of him and what he means for our life. For I'll confess to you today, in my times of doubt and questioning, I too wonder, how is it that our dear Jesus is enough? Not that his life and teachings aren't remarkable, they certainly are. But how is that enough? How is what he offered enough to save us all? Enough to make me feel less ordinary? How is it enough to make the world redeemed and reconciled? How does that work? How can it be that bread that he offers is enough? Enough to fill us forever? How can something and someone so simple and so plain and so humble possibly be enough? How does an ordinary human become the bread of life? Well, I caught a glimpse this last week as we all gathered around Gertrude Kruger in our fellowship hall to celebrate her 100th birthday. 100th birthday, meaning the length of her life at the very least now is reaching near biblical proportions, is it not? <laughs> I first met Gertrude at the young swinging age of 92. I was invited to join one of our dinner groups here from church at fellowship at a local wine bar. 
And when I arrived, the group was chowing down on some delicious charcuterie and sampling a plethora of rich wines. And Gertrude was right there at the head of the table, socializing and feeding and being fed with all of the others. And my first thought was, this is a really cool church that I get to pastor. And my second thought was, I want to be Gertrude Kruger when I grow up. While Gertrude had some pretty notable worldly achievements in her life, she was incredibly well-educated for her time and had a career in her own right. For the most part, her life was pretty simple, has been pretty simple. She lived in the same small house not too far from church for decade after decade, raising her kids and greeting the same people and neighbors and church members day after day. And yet, gathered in that fellowship hall last weekend, we could see the number of lives that she has touched and that she continues to touch. The number of folks she still knows so well and who know her so well and who love her dearly. It was quite a number gathered to celebrate her last Sunday. But more than all of this, there is something about being in Gertrude's presence that feels like daily bread. Something that quells a hunger, something that quenches a thirst. Because she is kind, because she loves people unconditionally, because she never lords anything over anyone, because she never makes a big deal of herself, because she sees the good in all things and in every person, and in doing so, beckons it forth to even a greater degree. She may not be the very bread of life, our dear Jesus, but I think she is a slice of it a glimpse of what being in Jesus' presence must be like, a true disciple. And if you don't believe me, and either way, even if you do believe me, I encourage you to call on her for a visit sometime, and I promise you, you'll feel better afterward. And all of this at 100 years old. How is ordinary, in some ways, better? more beautiful, more precious, more true? How do such people who live up to this title of ordinary end up being some of the most loving people that we know? People in whose presence we always feel fed, we always feel quenched, we always feel comforted, we always find ourselves beginning to accept our own ordinariness in the absolute and most beautiful of ways instead of trying to shy away from it, to cover it up, or to be something more that the world expects us to be. Jesus took this ordinariness to the next level, using simple bread in his ministry all the time, in feeding folks on multiple occasions, in sharing conversation over dinner, in breaking bread with sinners and tax collectors, the unclean, the ordinary in saying in his last meal with his disciples that this bread would become his very body, his life offered for the sake of the whole world. And we still use these ordinary elements in worship today, 
plain water from our font that brings a saving word, basic hosts you'll receive today that promise reconciliation, wine that reminds us there are so many good and glorious things worth celebrating. You are ordinary, dear friends, and that's precisely the point. Jesus doesn't make us into gods. Jesus becomes one with us, a simple human being, as ordinary as each and every last one of us. He grew up in the most ordinary of circumstances, and truth be told, he never achieved much status or success in his life. He was rejected by those in authority and power, not lauded by them. He was ridiculed by the folks who had grown up with him, not praised and adored. And in the midst of his ordinariness, he claimed the most ordinary titles one can think of. Bread of life, good shepherd, vine, simple things. But simple things in which dwell much power to heal, to bring wholeness, to give life. So yes, you are ordinary, I'm afraid. But isn't ordinary glorious? Isn't it wonderful to think that you are quite simply one more child of God, one more beloved of God, made equal with all others in God's eyes through the work of Christ, leveled to be next to one another in love in a way that the world doesn't know or recognize? Because in this we finally see the true gift of ordinariness, that we are enough, that we have enough, that our hunger is satiated, that our thirst has finally found the relief it was looking for. For we have and we know the bread of life. A most unique fellow, extraordinary in his ordinariness. Amen.